Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to Solo Cleaning School. I'm so excited to bring you this interview with my friend and founding member of our Solo Cleaning School, Miss Beth Lane. Now, Beth has a tremendous story. We're going to dig into the story in this episode, and she has a 21-year solo cleaning track record. When you see and meet someone that has been doing this for a long time, she just adds so much value to the new moms, and Beth has a heart for moms and mentorship. So for those of you out there listening to this and potentially coming on board in our school, our premium membership, Beth would be one of your mentor moms, and she is incredible. So here you go, Miss Beth Lane. Well, hello, Beth. Welcome to the Solo Cleaning School. And I just want to say thank you so much for trusting me with your business on this new journey we're about to begin together with our other founding members. So just thank you so much for coming on right now and just sharing some of your your wisdom and experience as a solo cleaner. Glad to do it. Nice to be here. Well, listen, I know that there are so many solo cleaners out there and many of them feel that they don't have a home. They don't know where they can go get the education they need. They feel overwhelmed with, well, do I have to hire someone now or can I just, can I just do this and it be okay? I mean, you've, you've been doing this for a while, right? 21 years. Okay. That qualifies as a while. <laughs> I mean, I did it for 14 years and I'm, I'm on year 14 right now and I'm in my second mm-hmm. state doing it. I love solo cleaning. Just out of curiosity, you're a mom. At, 21 years ago, what was the genesis point for you? Why did you decide to start this business versus something else you could have done for money? And what was the desire that you needed to even get the money? 21 years ago, I was a stay-at-home mom and I got a divorce. And I did not want to return to the traditional workforce. I was in banking. It required me to be at the office at 8, perhaps not returning home until 6 p.m. I, when I was a stay-at-home mother, my daughter was not used to being in a daycare situation. So I had to come up with a plan whereby I could be available to my daughter anytime she needed me. And this was the perfect fit. I could make my own hours, make my own money, and have control over my life. That was the inspiration. And it didn't hurt at all that I was very domestically inclined. Most people don't like to clean. It's something that I actually enjoyed along with all the other domestic arts. So it was perfect for me. Being that you were in banking, and by the way, that was a great story. I I hear that one often. The struggling stay-at-home mom, the family where the husband's not making quite enough money, and the mom feels burdened with, how can I do some more to help? And you went through a rough rough situation being a stay-at-home mom after a divorce. Like, um, I really love what you said there. You were in banking. You did not want to go back to that life. I mean, were you a little bit entrepreneurial inclined as well? Because I don't know if many moms, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a mom. I'm not sure if a lot of moms have that inclination that, well, I can clean. Could I do it as a business or is there money in it? Like, did you already have a feeling you could do it? Um, so I did not come up with this quite on my own. It dropped in my lap. I'm a, I have a tremendous faith in God. So I'm always got my eyes peeled, my ears open, listening for the clues, watching for the breadcrumbs. I was at a party one evening and just by happenstance, 
I met a woman who said that she started a cleaning business for extra money to decorate her house. And a light bulb went off in my mind. I could do that. So I asked her if she would please let me shadow her for three days. And she said, yes. And she said, I'm not going to ever turn down free labor. And in those three days, I have to say something very frankly. I did not learn how to run an effective cleaning business. I learned how not to run a business. Wow. What a gigantic breakthrough that is. So having been in the customer service industry for all of my working life, being quite formal from the banking industry, I knew what I had to do. What she did not have, she had nothing in writing. Everything was just off the cuff. And that's not how I ever operated my life. So I went home, I wrote out my paperwork, and I started on my own. Wow. That is amazing. That's a great story. That really is a great story. I have not heard of, I thought I've heard of everything. I really have. I've talked to so many solo cleaners over the years, corporate background. You saw things that make businesses fail. There's a story to every face. There is. Especially in the cleaning business. (laughs) There there really is, because I don't think there's a lot of teenagers that have this ambition. Like, I want to be an astronaut, a firefighter. I want a clean toilet. No. Well, you know, I do, I do have one objection. And that is that I never describe myself as cleaning toilets. Because when you think about it, Ken, that's just a minuscule amount of time compared to what what all we do in the life of a, a business owner as a solo cleaning business. I think that term conjures up a negative image and I keep all negative images out of my mind. That's that's wise of you to do so. You're so right. Clean toilets is about 1% if le- if not less of what we actually do. All right, let's let's switch gears. I would love to know in 21 years of cleaning, I know the times have changed. You know, different tools come and go, different technologies. Just over the course of your tenure, what strategy, not a tactic, a tactic is something that you implement as a, you know, here today, gone tomorrow, but a strategy is something that you always use no matter what changes. So what strategy have you found effective over the years in getting new clients? Well, of course, 21 years ago, really the only way was to put an ad in the newspaper. And as we all know, you know, that's gone by the wayside. So, but I miss those days. So they, those were effective, effectively reaching my um, customer base. So 2011, uh, I, I placed my last newspaper ad and I got perhaps two or three responses. One of my clients told me about Angie's List. I got myself on Angie's List. And I have to say that Angie's List probably saved my business. Now, that was back in the day where it was free for providers and the members paid a small fee of $10 per year. Angie's List changed its model. I'm thinking two or three years ago now. They now have offered free memberships to the public and the providers must pay. I have continued to pay for the last three years a monthly fee for advertising. There have been a couple of advantages for me there. Uh, Angie's List does background check its providers, so I have that in place. And I have the reviews 
on the site from the last uh, eight years. My target audience really is 40s, 50s, and beyond, and seniors. And those tend to be the people that use Angie's List. That's a really wonderful approach. I have a parallel story as Angie's List. In 2007, joined with what was then called Service Magic, has become Home Advisor today. Back in 2007, eight, nine, 10, 11, they were amazing. It was free to the public and the providers like myself, I got the yearly membership waived and I paid like 10 to $20 for a lead and it wasn't a lot of competition. I was able to get a lot of company, a lot of um, clients. And just like you said, with reviews, I collected many reviews over the years and that was a great resource for me. Unfortunately, HomeAdvisor and Angie's List have changed over the years because back then they were the only game in town. I mean, no one else was competing against them. And so they were able to give tremendous service and they had the market, cornered the market. But then now there's there's so many new players in the game and it's tightened up. Unfortunately, all of these companies are kind of in like a race to the bottom, as Seth Godin would say. It's like they're all competing mm-hmm. against each other. Who's got the lowest? Who's got the best? And the most aggressive. They're getting more and more aggressive. And then HomeAdvisor mm-hmm. just recently purchased Angie's List. So there's a lot of those companies that are really fighting and I'm I'm seeing a lot of fallout in the in the cleaning community from the way that they're how aggressive they are. It's unfortunate because they were so amazing back in 07 to 2012, 13. They were amazing. There's just so many ways to reach people. I mean, would you agree that people make this way harder than it needs to be? A lot of solo cleaners are a little introverted. They're, they like the solo business because they're not really into playing any game. I have to say that that, what, that is sort of me. I'm kind of a friendly introvert. The one thing I didn't like about my traditional job at the bank, back then I had to rub elbows. You had to be in it to win it. And that's not really my personality. And I think that a lot of solo cleaners are just like me. So the millennials are not into face-to-face interaction as much as some of us older people are. That's just my observation about the solo cleaner. Not all of us are are shy about introducing ourselves or hello, my name is, but some of us are, and we're, we're just don't want to do that. I think we rely on Facebook and Angie's List and other avenues to just let it introduce us for us. That makes sense. I don't know. It does. It makes a lot of sense. I went into engineering. I was I was as introverted as they come. I still am. Oh yeah, I'm a big time introvert. Oh, you don't seem like it, Kat. (laughs) I have made some significant changes because I wanted to be better. And there's nothing Mm. wrong with being an introvert. I believe that a balance is required. You don't have to develop it in the first day, but it helps to develop some skill with people and some balance. I mean, there's personalities as you, I mean, there's, there's the disc profile is a popular one and and some people are hard charging D's dominance. Some people are Mm -hmm. very outgoing eyes. Some people are conscientious C's, which, yeah, Yeah. which are, which are me very detailed. And then there's the S's that are steady and quiet and, I think you're right. If I surveyed them, I bet you a lot of solo cleaners are C's and S's. That's totally fine. I mean, I was able to do it. You were able to do it. It just takes time, but you're right. So there, there really are so many ways that you can reach out to, to people without having to stretch yourself so far as an introvert. <laughs> well, um, many of us are, Ken. And I don't know if you have ever heard of the term empath. 
That's um, a term used to describe a very sensitive personality. We're deep thinkers. We're very intuitive, creative. Uh, we're also visionaries. We're detail-orientated, but um, we're also deep feelers. We have an acute awareness. Um, and I think from what I have read, there's a lot of empaths out there who are solo cleaning. We're the type of people who we kind of take things to heart, although as we get older and learn, we learn how not to take things personally. Many of us are not in traditional jobs because our personalities are not driving us there. I hate to say we're hiding out, but I think some of us are kind of hiding out. That's just my, just my personal observation. I don't know if that's true or not. I did survey over 120 solo cleaners in the various Facebook groups. One topic that came up quite a bit was the feeling of loneliness, which was interesting because yeah. an introvert would go into this thinking they never have to talk to anyone, but yet they still struggle with loneliness. In your solo cleaning business, what do you struggle with most? I struggle with, um, I, I'm an uber small business. At any one time, I have less, 20 clients or less. And when I get them, they stick around for a long time. The review is really today's word of mouth and that it's so important for, for us to be reviewed on, on public forums. So reviews are hard for me to get. Uh, people say they will and they just, don't, they just don't. And I have many ways they can. Google my Facebook page, Angie's List. I have rec- recommendations on Nextdoor. I also have a very small um, world. <laughs> my world is small because I've worked alone for 21 years. I had a lot of friends when I worked in a big bank, but when you work alone, you feel isolated many times. I was pretty much set in my own mind that my prices were good and fair. And then I got on these Facebook groups and I questioned everything. <laughs> Yeah. It's so horrible. I, I read what other people are charging and I question my own method. That's a dangerous um, thing to do, by the way. Yes. It's, right? it's powerful and, and dangerous at the same time. This is, and this is something I've come to terms with. As my own solo cleaner, I, I had questions as well. And so I learned how to test my own market through the process of optimizing my prices over many years. I became a very niched, high-end, high-priced cleaner, and people are willing to pay it. So I found what the prices were from my area, and then I came into a world where I'm going to help some other solo cleaners, and I would tell them these prices, and they would say, there's no way, not in my town, not in my town. What I find generally is that most people are underpriced. However, it really does depend on what they're doing and how, what their business mm-hmm. model is. So you really have to go and, and help a company change their professional image, which I don't think is going to be an issue for you. 21 years of doing this with a banking background. For you, it might just be a confidence in just, just having the courage to raise some things and see what happens. And, and that's a fun process. But with a lot of companies, they're, they're struggling with just their image and the way they present themselves and how do they separate themselves from others in a way that's not demeaning or demoralizing or putting anyone else down. You know, there's two ways to become the, the tallest building in town. One way is to knock all the other buildings down, which is unfortunately what a lot of businesses do, or you grow yourself. You grow your own business to be the tallest, your own building. So that's what I have found the most effective is to help grow your own brand, your own image. And then mm-hmm. you can create a perceived value around what you do. And people will expect your prices to be high because of everything else they've seen about you prior to them ever meeting you in person. It really is a fun process. 
The trust factor is priceless. I have been told that over and over and over again so many times in 21 years. That is the key element, trust factor. People don't want to risk their privacy for anybody. That, that's, that's a key key trait to have is trustworthiness. You've hit that directly on the head of the nail, Beth. You cannot have said it better. This will absolutely be a full episode of itself. Trust, trust factor is mm. one of the two metrics I'm able to measure as you walk, yeah. through, walk you through my ISO model because you cannot even attempt to raise prices or go faster until you've earned the trust to do so. It really is tied in so deep with what, with what you do. Because you're cleaning the most personal space to that individual on the planet. You are in their home. And they just don't want to invite anyone to that private space. I cleaned um, one gal's house for a year or so, and then she got an office space for her business. And I gave her a price for the office space. It was... I think quite a bit higher than she expected. And she hesitated about two seconds and said, that's okay. You're worth it. I can trust you. Her exact words. I hope that that's a message that we can convey to new solo cleaners and you can speed up your, your growth curve by years. Yep. I was 14 years mm-hmm. getting this down. You were 21 years. Gosh, we could help get, get yep. this into someone in their first year. You could, you could do so much with this. Just trust factor alone. The trust factor and I don't, you know what? I don't think, I'm a good cleaner. I'm a conscientious cleaner. I'm dependable. But do I think I'm the best cleaner that ever walked the earth? No. But I think the thing that is in my favor is that people genuinely take to my personality. I'm genuine and they like me and they trust me. That's it right there. If they like you and trust you, they'll overlook a cobweb every single time that you missed. (laughs) You know, if they don't like you, they're going to be nitpicking every single thing you do. Well, Beth, I'm going to be having you as a co-teacher in this process because you are, you are (laughs) teaching my stuff right now. (laughs) Oh, all right. You know, 21 years is a long time. (laughs) Uh, This is is fantastic. Well, Beth, thank you so much for coming on the solo cleaning school and really helping a lot of newer solo cleaners figure this thing out. But here's the good news. They can do it. And I think that you have absolutely been so relatable and I believe that you're going to help a lot of people. Thanks, Ken. It was a pleasure to meet you. Wow, what a great episode. Thank you so much, Beth. We really appreciate you just sharing your heart with us. And I know that you have gotten so much value out there, the listener out there, the mom out there, hoping, praying that this could work for them. Listen to the words of Beth. Trust is everything. And in the next episode on The Trust Factor and share stories from my 14 years of solo cleaning and just show you what trust can do for your business. Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School. Are you auditing classes here? Why not subscribe and become a student? If you're a student benefiting from this school, please express your thanks with a rate and review. Now, go and apply what you've learned. Class is dismissed.